big slice of soup, whole quarter meat, lemonade sandwich. Then I might try some roasted ice cream or bicycle pie, a nice notebook salad or some underwear roast, an omelet of hats and some crispy cardboard toast, a thick malted milk made from pencils and daisies, and that's what I'd eat if the world was crazy. If the world was crazy, you know what I'd wear? A chocolate suit and a tie of eclair, some marshmallow earmuffs, some licorice shoes, and I'd read a paper of peppermint news. I'd call the boys Susie, I'd call the girls Harry. I'd talk through my ears, and I always would carry a paper umbrella for when it grew hazy to keep in the rain. If the world was crazy. If the world was crazy, you know what I'd do? I'd walk on the ocean and swim in my shoe. I'd fly through the ground and I'd skip down the air. I'd run down the bathtub and bathe on the stair. When I'd meet somebody, I'd say, goodbye, Joe. And when I was leaving then, I'd say, hello. And the greatest of men would be silly and lazy. So I would be king if the world was crazy. Just repeats itself like some forgotten 
dream that we've both seen. Someday I'll go and call up Rudy. We work together. for me. We don't even know what you're doing. I'm leaving. The old world needs to rise from the ashes like a bedazzled phoenix. My senses tell me undisclosed dangers are growing. Undisclosed dangers are growing. I must rebuild the resistance so we can resist the uprising against the insurgency who's resisting the rebellion against the insurrection. 
What? No tears. I wasn't even... Look towards the stars at the rising dawn. The resistance will be there. And Tribor will be there leading it. And so my story begins. A blood moon rises. I seek others. Companions. Warriors. To heed the calling. And like myself, we will be...
Pistola, the greatest anti-patriot of our times, defines patriotism as the principle that will justify the training of wholesale murderers, a trade that requires better equipment for the exercise of man-killing than the making of such necessities of life as shoes, clothing, and houses, a trade that guarantees better returns and greater glory than that of the average working man. Indeed, conceit, arrogance, and egotism are the essentials of patriotism. Let me illustrate. Patriotism assumes that our globe is divided into little spots, each one surrounded by an iron gate. <laughs> Those who have had the fortune of being born onto some particular spot consider themselves better, nobler, grander, more intelligent than the living beings inhabiting any other spot. It is, therefore, the duty of everyone living on that chosen spot to fight, kill, and die in the attempt to impose his superiority upon all the others. The inhabitants of all the other spots reason in like manner, of course, with the result that, from early infancy, the mind of the child is poisoned with the blood-curdling stories about the Germans, the French, the Italians, the Russians, etc. When the child has reached manhood, he is thoroughly saturated with the belief that he is chosen by the Lord himself to defend his country against attack or invasion of any foreigner. It is for that purpose that we are clamoring for a greater army and navy, more battleships and ammunition. We Americans claim to be a peace-loving people. We hate bloodshed. We are opposed to violence. <laughs> Yet we go into spasms of joy over the possibility of projecting dynamite bombs from flying machines upon helpless citizens. Our hearts swell with pride at the thought that America is becoming the most powerful nation on earth and that it will eventually plant her iron foot on the necks of all other nations. Such is the logic of patriotism. Thinking men and women the world over are beginning to realize that patriotism is too narrow and limited a conception to meet the necessities of our time. The centralization of power has brought into being an international feeling of solidarity among the oppressed nations of the world. A solidarity which represents a greater harmony of interests between the working men of America and his brothers abroad than between the American miner and his exploiting compatriot. A solidarity which fears not foreign invasion because it is bringing all the workers to the point when they will say to their masters, go and do your own killing. We have done it long enough for you. Like the ancient Roman Empire, this world is doomed to fall And it's much too big a thing for mortal man Just take a look around and see the writing on the wall Somehow you've got to find a helping hand 
This world has never been in the awful shape it's in. And people scorn the things our leaders do. It's time a prayer was spoken from the heart of every man. Jesus, take a hold and lead us through. Mighty roar of gunfire is now a local sound. And our city streets are filled with angry men. Laws now mockery throughout our troubled land. And destruction seems to be the current trend. This world has never been. Shape it's in. Our leaders seem in doubt what to do. It's time a prayer was spoken from the heart of every man. Jesus, take a hold and lead us through. Jesus, take a hold and lead us through. This one's called Lumpy, Bean Pole, and Dirt. i 
sure thing. Sometimes it turned out not to be such a sure thing. But that's, you know, life in general, right? You think you know what's happening? You don't know what's happening. 
I think I know what's happening. I, I don't. I don't have a clue. I really. I really don't. Those uh, unknown factors. I'm fond of referring to. We are definitely uh, dealing with one of those right now. Who'd have thunk this time last year? Or, you know, whatever it was, five years ago when Australia was in fire, on fire back in, what was it, January of this year? Seemed like another geological epoch. <laughs> the world was on fire. That's what we were talking about. The Amazon and Australia. Now there's, uh, you know, all kinds of conspiracy theories about what, where it came from and how it's, you know, been spread around and what it's really doing. I've, I've turned my ear off to that. You know, the BS factory started going in overtime as soon as, as soon as this stuff started uh, gaining world notice. COVID-19. Sounds like something from a science fiction story. Novel, movie, whatever. COVID-19. You get it from contact with surfaces that other people have infected. You touch it. Touch your face. You, uh, you know, put something on your mouth that somebody infected has touched and you put your mouth on that spot, uh, you might be infected. Touch your nose, touch your eyes, you're infected. And most people, it's, you know, you're going to be all right, get a little sick. Some people, you're going to get real sick. And uh, some people... You're going to need help to survive. And when I say you, I mean me. Uh, if I get this, I have like what? Like an 8% chance of croaking. Even with help. I think that's right. I think those numbers are correct. I may be incorrect, but I think that's about right. With my uh, general health and age... Even my blood type supposedly makes me more susceptible to being infected. But I'm fairly socially distant, apart from a few failures in protocol. I've uh, been wearing masks and gloves, and I've been out and about, washing my hands, using 60% alcohol or better, hand sanitizer, and putting it on my stuff. Heck, I'm even, you know, opening my groceries outside, uh, leaving stuff I can out in the sun for a day or two, things I can't. I open outside, and if there's stuff inside I can do it with, I'll put it in one of my clean containers without touching it, if possible, if possible, and uh, leave the other stuff outside before I wash my hands. Now I understand I should be uh, taking my clothes and my shoes off and washing those and putting fresh stuff on inside. 
I guess I ought to be just, when I get home, get cleaned up outside before even going in my room, tracking that stuff in. You know, uh, it may be inevitable that we'll, we all may get this. But we don't have to do it in a uh, one fell swoop. And if we're stupid, that's what will happen. If we're unlucky, also it can happen to us. We don't necessarily have to be stupid. We can just be unlucky. So I hope you and Yorn stay healthy and safe. I hope I do too. As I was referring to, I'm uh, <laughs> talking sideways. I'm going to bob wire this land. It's getting to where I I, uh, I think I'm going to be able to stay up there for a little while and do some work on it. And once I get it separated in half away from my dad and uncles, or my uncles and my dad's cattle, I'll have a little spot I can start planting with the idea of permaculture, I guess first I'll start chopping and dropping weeds, plant comfrey and um, I like daikon radishes and a few other things to help get the land going and I'll start building up the soil, planting some other things. That uh, The idea with permaculture, everything you plant, everything you bring in should have at least two uses. And it's great if you can make those uses overlap with the other things you have there. That really reinforces what you're doing, this, this food forest, this sustainable agriculture. That's my dream. And I'm lucky enough that I have friends who are going to help me because I'm disabled as all get out and there's not much I can do very long at all. And so they're going to help me. And man, it's a dream come true, and, and it's, I'm so lucky and glad to have friends and grateful. And I have, uh, and I have some good people in my life because I've been around some interesting things, and interesting people are there. And uh, anyway, I'm thankful. So that's what, kind of what that last song was about. And I kind of thought what this next song is about.